In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 248 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I've got a really great show for you. Before we get there, I wanted to let you know, in case you don't know, that I have a newsletter that I send out weekly. I let you know when there's a new podcast. I also will share some more just inspiration tips, sometimes my own backstory to the podcast, but I also send out some surprises like occasional Starbucks gift cards, pictures of my dog and or baby, and I let you know of many sales and promotions that are often too short and quick to share here on the podcast. For example, all this week, the week of January 18th, I'm offering $111 off my relationship deep dive sessions, which are pretty much what they sound like. So if you do want to book a session, I have limited spots, but depending on when you're listening to this, you can send me a DM at Veronica E. Grant on Instagram, or you can send me an email, hello at veronicagrant.com, and I might have some spots for you. But if you're on my email list, then you won't miss these things in the future. So the best place to join my newsletter list is through my love block quiz. You take a quiz and I tell you what the main, not necessarily the only, but the main block keeping you from love. And once you finish the quiz and get your results, you also will get a guide that helps you clear that specific block. You can take it over at veronicagrant.com forward slash quiz. And remember, if you are interested in one of my discounted relationship deep dive sessions, depending on when you're listening to this, make sure you get in touch with me because I've only got limited spots for those. All right, on to today's episode. And as you listen into my coaching conversation with Antoinette, I want you to keep these questions in mind. 
Do you have a habit of escaping certain parts of your life, especially when things feel chaotic or uncertain? Do you check out through travel, through work, exercise, Netflix, something else? Does a part of you believe that a relationship would just be a burden? Keep these questions in mind as you listen into my coaching call with Antoinette. Hi, Antoinette. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Well, I'm someone whose life has many moving parts, and there are many uncertainties regarding where I will live, where I will work, and other things like that. And I find my preferences shift alongside with those and reflect those that sort of uncertainty. And I am wondering what the best strategy might be to date and look for a relationship while everything is kind of uncertain. Okay. Okay. So the question is, I just want to make sure I'm clear that how can I date when everything else is up in the air? Are you okay with the uncertainty or are you looking for clarity around where to work, where to live? And is this a pattern? That was like a million questions, but <laughs> we'll, we'll break it down. So I don't think it's, well, it, it is, it is a pattern because it's been my life for a couple of years now on account of the fact that I'm a PhD student who has to do field work in different parts of the world. Okay. And it is also aligns with the time when a lot of people find long-term relationships. And I've tried to do that. And I've tried to do that in the way that, you know, people who live in one place for a long time and one place for long periods of time do, but I've not been able to do that, even though I have dated and I have had a lot of fun. I'm okay with the uncertainty, but it just seems like nobody I have met is along to go along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you say uncertainty, I understand that means, you know, you have to go different places around the world for your work. Does that literally mean you're moving to a lot of different places? And so you only stay in a few places like, you know, for a few years or months, or does it mean like you just travel a lot, but you have a home base? It's actually meant both in the past. So the problem is I actually don't like my home base. It's a place that I've been trying to leave for quite a long time. Okay. An opportunity has showed up where I am able to do that. And I'm probably going to move to a new city next month. And, you know, I sort of have dated using the apps and through the communities where I'm at just to make friends because, you know, people get lonely when they're away anywhere or even just doing long periods of travel, even if it's not for work. So I've always done that. And I find it easy to sort of have fun and connect with people. And I've also met people that if I thought, given the opportunity, if we were both in the same place, it could develop into something meaningful and real. It's just never happened. So I think I'm at the point where I'm beginning to suspect that there is something wrong with me or the wrong with the way that I approach dating, because I can be very much in the moment and I can be very like open to just having fun while protecting myself and while having standards in place. Sometimes it really just feels like I just haven't met the right person. Okay. So first, there's definitely nothing wrong with you. I really want you to hear that. And anyone else listening, there's definitely nothing wrong with you. You've listened to the show. So you've probably heard me coach other women. Usually the thing that we think is blocking us, um, what's the phrase? It's like, it's not as it appears, right? So I'm not saying that there aren't challenges with extensive travel for work or even just where you have to move around a lot. Um, Sure, like for sure, that would, 
you know, present some logistical challenges. But my guess is that it's not really about that, right? And so if you were to take a guess, what do you think it might be about? What do you think the deeper thing going on that's preventing you from the relationship you want? I think I actually do long for a certain kind of stability. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely has nothing to do with the traveling. I think it's been a sort of long-term feeling of not being comfortable in my home home space and my home base because it's a space that I've had to share with parents in the past and for long periods of time when I've had to be a caregiver for them. And I associated with being burdened and somewhat infantilized even. And so when I'm outside of this particular home base for work or travel or whatever reason, I'm less in a sort of, I want a partner mindset, but more so I just need to escape this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you say that on some level conscious or not, and maybe it's coming up to the conscious now as we speak, or maybe you're already aware of this, that there's a part of you that thinks that a long-term romantic partner would be, I don't know if burden is the right word, but like a lot of work draining. I think the wrong person can be very draining. Mm-hmm. And I think the right person would be able to pour into me and vice versa. So you think that, but do you feel that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, I haven't experienced a lot of relationships lately, especially during the lockdown, where I haven't experienced the other person, whether that's friends or family, as being in some way draining. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the levity. I think that is part of the sort of relationships that I have formed in the past, where it was based on sort of mutual uplifting and fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just wish they continued longer. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me this. So, you know, no one is born believing, man, relationships are just a drag. (laughs) You know what I mean? So where did that, I shouldn't say belief, but that feeling, that almost fear, where do you think that came from? I think it's because I have been put in sort of unwilling caregiver roles for a couple of times during the past five years or so. Let me pause you for a second. Let me pause you. So before five years ago, how was your love life? I wasn't actually looking for much of a relationship before five years ago. But at that point, my love life was also kind of like chaotic. It was actually problematic at some points during that time where I had somewhat like actually very unavailable partners or partners who were extremely intense and extremely sort of overbearing. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason that I asked that is because again, like whatever you experienced in the five years that you were a caretaker unwillingly, that's just a manifestation of something else, right? It's like how everyone says like, oh, online dating has ruined dating and it's so hard and like, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me before Match.com before 1995, no one had any issues dating and dating was just like this magic, perfect place to be like, no (laughs) match.com or Tinder now or whatever app you're using didn't create the problems around dating. It might've 
amplified it. It might have made some things more tricky or challenging, but the issues are more, I was about to say more deeper, more deep than that, or, or actually I guess deeper than that. So I think we have to rewind back to childhood. What yeah. was that like? Again, kind of erratic. I was raised between continents, between two parents uh, who were not separated or divorced, but were just living in two different continents and had a very strained relationship between the both of them. But they would always kind of like they would never leave each other and they were very devoted to each other, even though like from my perspective, even since growing up, I thought it was a very unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, isn't it interesting? You you spent your childhood between two continents and then you, do you travel internationally? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me more about that. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out the connection. I think I'm seeing something, but I want you to be able to make that connection too. So it's actually a pattern that has run before my birth in that uh, my parents' marriage also was conducted internationally at certain points of time as my mom went off to and got a job right after her marriage in the 80s and she moved to North America and my dad like sort of went back and forth between North America and Asia. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening is that they like managed what I think is a like a really incompatible relationship only because they were away from them from each other for such long periods of time. Mm -hmm. And this went on for eight years and my mother had fertility issues. And so I was born after that. So after my birth, I was born in Asia after my birth. And until I I was about nine, they stayed together. But it was, I would say it was a really like, eventful and happy childhood. And I have lots of happy memories of it, but there was always an undercurrent of crisis, whether that was coming from their jobs or their own relationship to each other. That's something we can go into at some point, but there was an undercurrent of like subtle instability, even though I had everything materially provided for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you didn't get the emotional needs that you needed met. They were on and off. Okay. So um, how did you cope? Like, what was your, you know, when things were chaotic, um, I would assume that also means like, they're just uncertain. So how did you cope with that? I think my mother protected me from a lot of the chaos. You know, both my parents protected me from a lot of the chaos by... What was some of the chaos? Political strife. Okay. Okay. uh, that, That directly impacted my family. Okay local sort of violence (laughs) and things like that, as well as other family issues being exacerbated by political strife. And so we were subjected to a lot of, I guess, like system-wide forces, but we were privileged enough that my parents protected me and I was given books and art and music. And we also went on vacation quite a bit within Asia, but that was something that we were doing. And so I had like a very sort of like it cultivated in me like this love for travel and a love for learning, which I associated with my sort of like meaning of what like what love and what care means for me. And it remains to me to this day. 
And uh, I really get bored with people who do not understand that, at least the love for learning, because I understand not everyone can travel. But this sort of desire for exploration and sort of skill building is something that I've always tried to bond with my partners with. And there have been partners that I've dated who did not share that. And I found myself really lacking in passion for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was completely unable to attach to them. Yeah. So, okay. I think I'm seeing something. So it seems like the learning and the travel, I mean, obviously those are very worthy passions, but it almost seemed like they were forms of escapism too. I mean, literally like escape. And so it seems like that's what's still going on in your dating life or that pattern's getting replayed out. Can you see that? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it didn't help that a lot of my parents' friends and family friends that we had, like had similar lifestyles. So Mm -hmm. it was sort of normalized for me that like, you can have a relationship that's full of learning and trauma. Okay. So, but it seems like if we, if we come back to present day, it seems like, you know, so even said like travel was your, is your escape. um, And you feel like you're escaping now when you aren't in your home base and you get to go to like wherever or whatever cool place. And so to me, that makes me think, or makes me wonder. So when you're dating, are you like really there? I know you're like physically there dating. You know, because you also said you attracted some people that were emotionally distant. And a lot of times what we attract is in some way a mirror or reflection of, you know, our own stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and we combine that with the fact that dating is, or, or a relationship, you know, on an unconscious level feels like a burden. You know, it's not really surprising to me that you've been struggling with relationships And so then you just like, well, that kind of sucked. And you hop on a plane and go to the next place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's something that, yeah, that's, I've definitely done that several times. And it has helped move on from relationships that didn't work out in the past. Okay, okay. So if we go back then to uh, little Antoinette, how, what's an age that comes up when you think of your childhood, just like kind of the epitome of what you just described to me as your childhood? Just the first number. What's what age comes up? I don't know why I thought seven. Okay. Okay. And if you connect back or just or even like imagine her, bring her into your mind's eye, what did she need at the time that she wasn't getting? Honestly, actual friends in close proximity. I did not always have a consistent group of friends or people who were my age that were consistently nice to me. Mm -hmm. So I did have friends that were nice to me. I also had cousins that were nice to me, but they might've been living on the next town over. So I would see them like maybe once a month. Yeah. And what would, um, you know, obviously, I mean, there's like an obvious answer, but then there's a deeper answer. So obviously friends are great, but what would have having that, a group of like really core friends, like what would that have given her seven-year-old self? I think just a sense of community and a sense of belonging to a structure outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds like escapism again, but I really just wanted people who 
were like nerdy like me and who were arty like me to be around me and to do things and do activities together. And that wasn't always consistent because even when we were living in one place, I remember like we moved into a house when I was like six and we lived there nonstop until I was nine. Actually, my parents still live there in that house to this day, but and we would like travel locally, you know, not not very far and only for vacations, not consistently. But it was so far away from like an actual place where people hung out. And I was sort of ripped from my uh, sort of the group of kids that I used to play with when we lived in another neighborhood. And there was like a set group of kids. There were like 20 of us that played together every evening. And I was ripped from that. And my parents bought this house and we moved to this other area that was like near the forest. And like, there was not really anyone my age there. And I would only come across like people my age at school and they lived in other faraway places. And I didn't get to hang out with a lot of people after school on a regular basis like I did before. Yeah. Okay. Let me pause you. Go to close your eyes for me for a second and just take a few breaths. So if you're not comfortable where you are, just you know, maybe like, I don't know, roll your head side to side or, or roll your shoulders. And I just want you to bring all your attention to your breath. So you're just following your breath in and out. And I want you to scan your body. So you'll start with your toes and just slowly work up to your ankles, shins, thighs. And you're just scanning, just checking in, just noticing what your body feels like. Noticing if there's anything that feels tight or stuck, loose or open, not qualifying anything as good or bad, right or wrong, just noticing. And then when you get to the top of your head, if you're not there already, you can go ahead and come back to me. You can open your eyes. How was that? Grounding. Yeah. Does anything come up for you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel really homesick. Hmm. For what? My parents and my original community before coming to North America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to throw this out there as well. Um, you know, you said the word grounding, which... I'm just feeling like this is your medicine for, I think, the healing that needs to be done to support your love life. You know, I hear you on that, like, friends and community are really important. I mean, obviously, they're important. We're feeling very starved for that now, for at least those of us who are (laughs) taking COVID seriously. And so I get that, that that might also, I mean, I'm not saying it's not true in general, but it's also, you know, very top of mind, something we miss a lot, you know, this time. At the same time, I'm just wondering if that's even yet still a form of escapism, you know, like, because the fact that doing this exercise where you come into your ultimate home, you know, your body brought up stuff, made you long for something, made you miss something. To me, I know that feels weird talking about this, like COVID when we're all at home anyways, 
But I think there's this relationship that you can rebuild with home, whatever home is like home in your body, home in the physical space, like your home base. I know you're moving to a new city. So I think that's a really great opportunity to reestablish what home is, how it feels, how it looks, um, make it feel exactly how you want to feel in your home, like whatever it is, like that's something I would even journal on and then work to create that, you know, you get this whole fresh start, which is amazing. But I just think there's this pattern of just like getting out, getting out, escaping, even if it's with friends, community, dating, a new project for work. So you get to travel or whatever it is. It's just like, you're just escaping from yourself and with good reason, right? Like if you experienced uh, like political violence when you were young, like, and I don't know if this is true or not, but like for most kids, like you may not really have a full understanding about what's really going on. And so you just like, all right, I'm going to go play with my toys. Like this is kind of crazy, kind of scary. Not sure what's really going on. It feels unstable. So I'm not saying like what your pattern is, is wrong or bad. Like you did what you needed to do at the time. And for a seven-year-old, like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like you only have so many options, but that pattern just keeps getting played out over and over again. And I think that your body has to be reminded that, you know, yeah, like sometimes relationships and dating can feel a little bit rocky. They can feel uncertain. That's kind of the nature of them, especially at the beginning of a relationship, but that's okay. Like you can still stay in it. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Another thing that came up is there's also some shame associated with the home spaces that I've had in the past. Mm -hmm. So I remember there was a period of time when I was in my teens where my parent, uh, who I was living at at the time, was under a lot of financial duress. And the place that we lived in was an absolute mess. And I could not even imagine bringing friends back from school there. I was just so ashamed of the place where I was living. But I had like become accustomed to calling that home and like really felt safe in it, but away from other people. So I think there's something in me that's almost like if I am at a home in my body, it necessarily keeps other people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think this just further, um, I don't want to say proves because, you know, (laughs) but it just further like accentuates the point that I think reestablishing what home is, how it can feel good, how it can feel safe, how it can feel nurturing, how it can feel luxurious or spacious, like whatever you want your home to feel. And then this has to like have to do with like literally buying expensive couches or art. I mean, it can be, or it can also just be arranging things in a way like having fresh flowers or having plants or, you know, I basically decorate my home with like candles and plants. Like you're pretty good with that. (laughs) And it can feel super nourishing and calming. Like that's how I really want my home to feel, but that doesn't have to be what, you know, what you need to have your home to feel. But, and I know we're talking about home and you asked me about dating, but can you see how feeling more grounded and secure in your when I say home, I mean like home, but then also like home, like your body and just like that feeling of home. Can you see how that will positively impact your dating life? Absolutely. I mean, in some respects, there have been people that I have, like one of the things that I was interested in them is that I really enjoyed spending time in their home space. (laughs) Like even if they were not, 
you know, there, like maybe they had gone to the grocery store or something, or I just enjoyed being in their home space or just like listening to the sounds of the neighborhood that felt extremely good for me. And I wasn't even paying so much attention to whether or not that person was right for me or if I was just like, wow, this feels so good. I want this to last longer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause that's actually why relationships can often like not be the right one. And we're, we either just didn't realize it or we just conveniently ignore it. It's because they're filling some sort of void. And so if this person was like filling a void of like, oh, this feels like home, like that feeling of home, then yeah, we can either just decide to like ignore or not even realize that the person's not right. So um, yeah, I, I, th- I mean, to me, that's what I'm really that's what I'm really picking up here. And the reason why I asked, you know, what your inner child needed and, or not your inner child really, but your seven-year-old self, what she needed at that time, it's usually parallel to what we need in our present day self. So like, if you ever get stuck, like, oh, I'm feeling stuck or okay, like what did my seven-year-old self need or my eight-year-old or whatever self? And then you can um, relay that to present time. Great. Was this helpful? Yeah. And I think I have like a pretty like powerful but kind of simple solution for things is just actually feel more at home regardless of where I am. Yeah, because wherever you go, there you are, right? And so, I mean, I can relate to this on a personal level. Like I spent my 20s just traveling and traveling and I still love traveling. Like, don't get me wrong. And there's nothing bad with traveling. But when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was definitely escapism. Um, And it was fine. Like I I did what I needed to do and I learned what I needed to learn. And I still love traveling. Um, I miss it very dearly, (laughs) but I like to think at least, you know, I have a healthier relationship with it. And, you know, that's something that I definitely encourage you to do with travel, but then, you know, more specifically with home. One resource I'll give you, um, there's this podcast that I love called uh, By the Book. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. Oh, it's a great podcast. And basically these two comedians um, read all of the self-help books and then do their best to live by them to the letter. And then the podcast is about whether or not the self-help book <laughs> worked. And it's very critical of most self-help books, which I love because I don't like most self-help books, but they just had this last season on home and hearth. Um, so it was all self-help books around creating like, I mean, some of it was like more food related or whatever, but it was all about like how to love the home and community that you're in. And there's a couple of books that were in the season that I don't know if you have to read the book on it or the books, unless you want to like the podcast episodes summarize it pretty well. Um, So you can just listen to some of those episodes. Like they read one of Joanna Gaines's book about um, creating like your home home. Um, There's one about plants, like home plants. There's one about like loving the community you're in, no matter where you are. So either listen to those episodes or check out those books. I think those could just give you some like super tangible things to do, but then I'd also, you know, work on connecting with home, <laughs> you know, home meaning like the feeling of home being in your body. Cause that's the ultimate home. So those are the two big pieces that I think would be really beneficial. That sound good. Yeah. It's actually funny that you say that, that you traveled a lot in your twenties and you've talked about the example of, I think uh, you were in Tanzania with your sister, on like Peace Corps or something. She was on Peace Corps. Yeah, yeah. So my relationship to travel actually changed very much in the last five years as well is that I actually wanted to stay in one place longer instead of just like 
I, I was never really into the backpacking scene anyway. I actually just wanted to like stay in different places for long periods of time. I just didn't know like, you know, which felt like home. And there was a city that I was taken to in 2019 uh, for the first time. And it's like a really famous city that I just like, I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's always there. It's always going to be there. And, you know, it was a city that like really felt like home. And I had gone back, I managed to go back there twice in 2019 for work purposes. And that's the city I'm actually moving to next month. Amazing. I love that. I love this for you. All right, my dear, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I hope this was super helpful. Thank you so much. I want to pause this episode and tell you, if this coaching call feels like something you need to have in your life, I want you to consider working with me one-on-one. Right now, I'm filling spots to begin working with me in early 2021. I believe deep work equals deep love, and that's exactly what I do with my clients. I don't bother with the do this, do that. I'm not here to make you a better dater. I'm here to help you find a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand, and hold you accountable throughout the process. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and still haven't figured it out, or if this is your first rodeo at the coaching personal development thing. All that matters is you're done with where you are now, you want to get serious about finding love in the next 12 months, and you're ready to invest the time and money into radically changing your life. If that's you, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to submit an interest form and be added to my wait list. And then I'll be in touch with you soon. Good? All right, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Antoinette, for coming onto the show and being so open and vulnerable. I really appreciate you sharing. So thank you. Thank you. All right. So Antoinette felt like her relationships weren't really going anywhere. And she blamed that on having uncertain circumstances around where she lives and her travel for work. Now, I said in the call that, of course, that can certainly add to logistical challenges in a relationship. But I'd argue that that's not really the problem. It's easy to point at things outside of yourself and say that's the reason you're not in the relationship you want to be in, whether it's men or your body or money or the kind of work you do or the lifestyle that you have. And the truth is, is sometimes it might create some logistical challenges. It's not really ever the actual issue. With Antoinette, her real issue was kind of twofold. She had a deep rooted feeling that relationships were just a burden. And so she had a habit of escaping from them. Now, if we were working together for a longer period of time, I would definitely want to dig into this feeling of why are relationships a burden? Because healthy, happy relationships aren't a burden. Now, I think she intellectually knows that because you'll notice. And when I asked her, she said, no, I think they could actually enhance your life. Of course, like we want to think that we want to believe that and we Maybe she really does believe that on some level, but at a deeper level, that's not really her truth. Anyways, I digress. The point is, I would definitely want to dig into that with Antoinette. And if Antoinette's listening, I do encourage you to look into that, to do some inner child work specifically around that. So in order for her to better shift that belief that relationships are a burden, I think it'll be much easier for her to do that when she feels more at home home literally in her home, but then home also in her body. And the reason for that is if we have this feeling of not feeling secure or not feeling home, literally physically in our home or home in our body, just or just in our lives, 
then what we can often do other than escapism, which is part of her pattern, the other thing that we can do, which we talked about at the end of our coaching call, is we can often look for people to help us feel that sense of security, that rock, that home. And not that a partner shouldn't be that rock or help you feel that security, that home feeling that I think a lot of us do want to feel in a relationship. It's certainly not their job to make you feel like that. So that's where I took the call. And also there was just like a lot of themes coming up around travel. You know, she grew up on two different continents. Her parents were on two different continents. There was literally violence where she grew up. And so she learned, you know, how to cope with that through escapism. I'm going to talk about that in a second. So I just decided that to me, that felt like the lowest hanging fruit. And I think it'll help the next piece of this, which is the relationship as a burden um, for that to heal much easier when she already felt deeply at home in her body. And probably in some ways, when she can feel more at home, both in her life, her body and her actual home, then a relationship might actually feel naturally less as a burden because she's going to have a healthier relationship with herself. And that's always going to have an impact on relationships with others. All right, before we wrap up this episode, I want to share just a really quick little piece here. So when the pandemic first hit back in February, March of 2020, I really thought that, you know, not that many women be interested in love and relationship coaching for obvious reasons, right? Like we were all stuck at home, who was dating. Now, of course, I really believed that it was a great time to do coaching because we were at home and we could just be with ourselves and do the inner work and not be distracted by all the, you know, outside world stuff. Um, Of course, and there was also uncertainty with the economy and finances and all that kind of stuff. So I was thinking, all right, you know what, I'm pregnant, it's just going to be a low kind of year, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. And it turns out anything but ended up being true. I think that sitting at home for so long, especially in those early days of the pandemic, when literally the world just stood still, everyone was home, streets were empty, I think people were just like, oh my gosh, like, like this is coming up and that's coming up and all these feelings. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to mess with that. And I got tons of applications and emails and DMs and all the stuff to, you know, to inquire about coaching. And I think, you know, it's because exactly that. I think that when we're living our quote unquote normal lives, or at least our old normal lives, you know, you had a stressful day at work. Okay, fine. You would just go to happy hour. You just went through a big breakup. Okay, fine. You would go to the spa for the day, or you would go get a new haircut and then go on a weekend trip with your girlfriends or, you know, so basically something bad happened or something less than desirable happened. And then we would just have some sort of external way of dealing with it. And not that these things are bad, right? Like travel's great. I freaking love Netflix. And, you know, we also need to do things that are healthy, like exercise and eating. But all of these things, any of these things can be a form of escapism. And so now that the pandemic is a new quote unquote normal, I think it's just nice to kind of recalibrate and ask yourself, okay, I'm still not living my pre-pandemic life, so maybe I'm not escaping to happy hour the way I used to, but are there new ways in which you are escaping? If you're anything like me, you might find yourself doom scrolling sometimes. I also find myself, gosh, I'm going to admit this, and maybe we can all just have a little confession. You can send me like your confessions in the DMs on Instagram, and we can just, you know, whatever. Anyways, one thing that I've been doing to kind of escape just some of the 
craziness of everything and also the stress of new motherhood is sometimes I Google Ted Cruz to read bad articles about him. And it makes me really happy to see that like, you know, the Senate might recuse him or like there was protests outside of his office in Houston. And I do that kind of stuff as a form of escapism. So if you want to tell me what your form of escapism is, like, go for it, like, no shame or judgment. But that's, (laughs) that's what I do. Um, My point is, is that, you know, with all the ways that there are to escape, even with sitting at home, we can still feel like, well, here I am, I'm home. But can you really go from just being at home to being home. You know what I mean? And so spending some time in meditation or with your breath every day. So being in your body and taking a good look around your space, like, okay, does my space reflect how I want to feel, you know, your living room? How do you want to feel in your living room? Does the space reflect that? How do you want to feel in your kitchen? Does the space reflect that? How do you want to feel in the bedroom? Does your space reflect that? And just really taking a good look at that. And then in your community, are there new ways that you can get reconnected to your community in our crazy pandemic world. So those are just some of my thoughts and a little challenge for you. So how are you still escaping even when you're at home and think that you have nothing to do but be with your thoughts? Um, I still find that we can be, you know, very clever (laughs) at the escapism. Uh, And if you want to tell me your confession of how you escape, then feel free. You can send me a DM. I'm Veronica E. Grant if we're not connected on Instagram. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you. Remember, if you want $111 off your uh, relationship deep dive with me so you can get my eyeballs directly on your love life, then um, head over to Instagram, send me a DM or send me an email, hello at veronicagrant.com. If you're on my newsletter list, then you have an email about it. And if you have questions, feel free to get in touch with me as well. Uh, Depending on when you're listening to this, those sessions may or may not still be available. And so to not miss things like this in the future, make sure you get on my email list. You can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash quiz. That's a great way to get on my list. You take a fun little quiz, figure out what your love block is, and then I send you a little guide for your specific love block. All right, my dear, that's all I got for you. I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.